You're listening to Women's Cricket Chat with Hannah and Alex. This episode is brought to you by Black Rat Cricket. Remember, if you quote Women's Cricket Chat, you can get 15% off your team wear. Coming up on our third podcast of International Women's Week, we've got Abdaha Maksud. Now, Abdaha has a stellar career already and has been playing for Scotland for seven years, despite only being 21. How amazing is that? She's achieved so much over the past seven years. We talked to her about all things cricket and her dentistry degree. So it's International Women's Week and the theme is Choose to Challenge. So what does International Women's Day mean for you? And what's your thoughts on about the theme Choose to Challenge? So International Women's Day is obviously super important, I think. Um, I think it shows, it encourages people to to kind of celebrate women in a way that we don't usually do and we we didn't do in the past. And it's really uh, come across as something that's quite important, I think. So I love the fact that whenever there is, whenever we have International Women's Day, uh, I see on Twitter it's everywhere and it's amazing and it should be like that. Um, choose to challenge, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, so it's basically the hashtag that they've put out as the theme. So it's whatever your interpretation might be of that. Okay, so I'm guessing choose to challenge. It's probably got something to do with challenging yourself and making sure that you challenge yourself in life and be the best person you can be, maybe. Uh, So that's probably my first like initial reaction to that. Yeah, no, I love that because I think for me, the way I've kind of taken on that kind of hashtag is just choosing to challenge like the everyday and trying to like get out of my comfort zone and mix it up and don't stand for the status quo, especially with the kind of gender dynamics, especially within cricket. And on the topic of dynamics, do you think social media plays a role in women receiving misogynistic comments online? Um, It's a wee bit like like they're kind of waiting for us to mess up a wee bit, even if, even if you didn't like that bantery kind of sort of tweet. There's no, there's no need to say all those things. So they're just kind of waiting for us to say something so they can kind of show their true colours and say all these horrible, stereotypical things. So it's it's kind of horrible, to be honest. And yeah, because I was just thinking then, because like you're saying, it is sometimes like we have to kind of trip up and then straight away it's like bouncing onto our gender, isn't it? It's not, if the women were playing the test match and they had a low scoring match, straight away it would be, it's because they're women, not because of the pitch. Yeah, exactly. But- Hopefully that can change soon. Yeah, hopefully. I've seen so many like tweets. Uh, I think when like women drop catches or something, it's always to do with to do with gender, like the comments. And then when it happens with men, it's just like, oh, it's had a bad day or it's a tough chance or whatever. It's just it's just so annoying the fact that women have to deal with that. And um, but yeah, hopefully it changes soon. I think we'll move into the cricket questions. So Alex has got the first question. Yeah. So we just wanted to know a little bit more about your cricketing journey how did it start how did you get into cricket and what's been some of your highlights so far um so how did I start I was I mean I've loved cricket since forever to be honest Uh, my dad he's from Pakistan uh, so my mom and they've both kind of always watched cricket always loved it my dad in particular he used to play a lot back home um, not like professionally or anything like it was just you know street cricket is a massive thing in Pakistan anyway so he he would say it's pretty professional to be fair um, but yeah from there he just kind of we used to play in the garden me my brothers and my dad um, and when I was about I think about 11 um, I talked to my parents and I was like I kind of want to play in like a club like can you find me a club or something uh, and it took them a while they didn't really know how to go about it they had never really they didn't really know where to look for it for a women's club in particular um, but they finally found a club called Pollock Cricket Club uh, in Glasgow and um, they actually told me at the time that it was a girls team so I went thinking right I'm going with my brother he's going to be with the guys I'm going to be training with the girls it's going to be fine um, but I turned up and I was the only girl um, so that was intimidating uh, what's good though is that my brother was there so it was good to have someone to talk to because it's always quite, quite as I said intimidating and just a little bit it's just a wee bit scary just going in there knowing that you're the only girl and sometimes it can be a little bit unwelcoming but luckily yeah as I said my brother was there the whole time so that was good uh, and then from there um, it was only about 
maybe three or four months after I started at Pollock, um, I started training with the Scotland under-17s. So I was still 11 at the time. Um, and then I played my first game for them when I was 12 against Ireland, which was really exciting. Uh, and then my first game for actual Scotland senior team when I was 14. And then from then on, it's there's a whole other loads of other things I can go into but yeah it's been quite a journey um, and I've honestly loved every little bit of it and got to like go to places like Thailand and Sri Lanka places that I would never have thought to like book a holiday to and yeah it's I've had I've got so many good friends now from cricket as well so honestly it's just been an amazing ride and I'm so excited to see where it takes me as well. So was it that kind of family influence that you mentioned that kind of gave you the push to join a club? Because obviously for girls, especially if you can't see it, it's often quite hard to like get into different clubs and stuff. So how did you overcome, like you mentioned, those kind of little barriers to kind of get comfortable within the boys team and then getting through into the seniors? Yeah, so as I said, my brother was quite helpful in that. Um, just having him around was it just made me feel at ease a little bit more but in terms of feeling comfortable I actually feel like I never really felt completely comfortable with the guys as you said about barriers like there's so many barriers to women playing sport and one of them is just not having enough women clubs out there so every time that I would go like it's not that they weren't weren't welcoming or anything. It's just like the atmosphere sometimes is quite scary and daunting, um, knowing that you're the only girl. And obviously there's always going to be some jabs thrown at you, like, oh, oh, you got out by a girl if I get someone out, or, you know, little things like that that are always going to stick. Um, but overall, overall, I it was actually the love of cricket that got me through it, I think. Um, otherwise see if I didn't like cricket as much as I do I probably would have quit a very long time ago because it is tough it's really tough to kind of continue to play in us in an atmosphere where you don't 100% feel welcome and comfortable so yeah I think that's something that everyone needs to kind of make sure in clubs and stuff that if there is just a girl just one girl and a whole load of guys you want to do your best to try and make her feel comfortable because retention in sport in general is so difficult never mind if you're I can 100% relate to kind of my village team only girl playing grew up with all the lads so like they were fine it was, I often found it was more the opposition like in the club I had to deal with kind of I, I'm trying to think of the comments that they said that is actually PG but I can say yeah. but <laughs> I'm struggling to think of anything at the moment but one incident that I experienced was we had a photographer turn up and this is just literally village cricket like terrible standard you go to a like pub afterwards kind of thing it's not you know professional in the slightest and I'm dressed up in my whites all the lads are in their whites getting ready to sit down for their photo um and the photographer turns around to me and goes oh are you the tea lady and I was like no I'm and I kind of paused a second and then he was like oh are you the mascot and I was like I'm clearly in whites and I literally was just there like this is horrendous so I can see how like comments and like from my experience too can put players off. So what do you think needs to change within that kind of culture, within the kind of club scene to better it for everybody? I think everyone needs to kind of look at themselves individually and see where they can change because it's with my experience, like the whole team, like majority of the team were great. The coaches were amazing. Um, they taught me so much, the basics and stuff. And I really appreciate that. But it is like the like three or four boys that kind of taint your experience a little bit. So it needs to be like an individual thing. You can't just say as a team, like we need to be more inclusive and stuff like that. It needs, you need to target a few people and talk to them and say, right, there's clearly a problem here. You're clearly not being welcoming and you're creating a bad atmosphere for this girl. You need to stop that. Um, and I don't think people are confrontational enough to do that. And whenever they do see a problem, it's kind of like, right, team gathering, let's not do this, rather than actually tell the people who are being horrible off. But um, yeah, I think that's, from my experience, that's what I think. And I just wanted to bring it back to something you said earlier, in that you'd made your under-17 debut at the age of 12, and then your full-time debut at 14 so I was wondering what was that like and did you feel a sense of pressure being so young to perform from the get-go? 
that time I didn't feel any pressure at all because I was so young like I just kind of wanted to play cricket um, so I didn't really overthink anything I think that comes later when you start growing up a wee bit and you start to overthink so many things and like you hit puberty and then it gets even worse and even now like I there's times when I feel like I don't like the game as much as I used to because I just keep overthinking little stupid little things and um, that I would have never thought about when I was younger so at the time actually it was more exciting than scary um and it helped that my team were pretty amazing as well to be honest they've they've always been really inclusive and just you know just made sure that the atmosphere is so kind of welcoming and just positive um, so even though I was quite young and the rest of the players were a wee bit older and yeah sometimes I felt like I was a wee bit out of place um, but that definitely changed quite quickly especially when a lot of the other girls from under 17 started coming through to the senior team um, so yeah that's what I think I just I was I was just loving life at the time to be honest to feel any stress or pressure but that did get worse and worse as the years went by and as cricket started to get a little bit more serious for me. And I guess, like, even now, you're only 21, so still relatively a young player, but with huge experience. So I guess, what does your kind of career look like now for you? Because obviously, for most people, they'd be just breaking through, but I guess you're probably one of the more senior players now. Yeah, it's quite weird, actually, because sometimes when we play um, little warm-up games and we split into, like, youngies versus oldies, I'm now in the oldies, which is weird because I'm 21 and we've got such a young team. It's insane. Like, at the moment, I think our youngest player, I think maybe 14. Like, that's that's pretty insane. Um, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, what was the question again? I feel like I went off on a tangent. I kind of went off on a tangent with my question. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just mainly about how does it feel to kind of, you're so young, but you're a senior player because of the amount of experience that you've got so I guess yeah just tell us a little bit more about what the team kind of looks like. Yeah so I'm quite lucky in the sense that obviously I started playing when I was really young and now it feels like I, I am a little bit more of a senior player with over 50 caps and stuff so but then at the same time I'm not really old that people feel uncomfortable coming to me for advice or anything like that so the younger girls do tend to come to me and ask me for things so that's a good thing and I'm glad that I can kind of give that advice and whatever wisdom I have uh, so yeah that's that's probably yeah that's probably the best way to answer that I think I'm just glad that yeah we have a young team but it's it's really nice to see how hard-working everyone is and how seriously they do take cricket Um, so whenever they do need help you know they have so many people to come to and ask help for so that, honestly it's, it's it's a good it's a good big group of girls we have and growing up was cricket something you always wanted to do as a career choice or was it something you just fell into it was something i just fell into i think it, it for me it was always a hobby and uh, more than anything um until i got to about maybe f- 14, 15, that's when I was like, right, okay, this is getting a wee bit serious. But even now, like, it's not something that I see as a career. It's quite tough to see that at the moment because the scope isn't quite there yet, especially in Scotland. So yeah, it's really serious for me and it's really important that I that I put in 110% effort, but it is quite difficult to, to make it into a career, which is why I also study dentistry because that's probably the better way to go in terms of career. But I would honestly love, if there was a good infrastructure structure in Scotland, I would 100% want to be a cricketer. But at the moment, it's quite tough to do that. Um, so it's not a hobby at the moment. It is more than that, but it's not quite like a career. And just quickly, you mentioned that you're studying a dentistry degree how difficult or how easy has it been to train for the Scotland team alongside your degree uh, really difficult <laughs> um it's it's quite tough because obviously dentistry is quite a quite a tough course and sometimes the uni can be quite uh, difficult when it comes to taking time off for tours and stuff like that um but it's all about trying not to procrastinate and trying to be as organized as possible and having your whole life kind of planned out um 
which I'm not great at, but I do try my best. And we've got um, support from Sports Scotland Institute and stuff uh, to help us with that, um, to make sure that we try our best to kind of organise our lives as best as possible. But yeah, it has, it has been difficult. I think first year was okay. Um, I, I mean, I was training like three times a week and then going to the gym like three, four times a week. And then also doing okay with my exams and stuff and then second year it did take a wee bit of a turn where I got told about the 100 contract so I was obviously really buzzing about that so much so that I just kind of wanted to play as much cricket as possible and so that balance kind of fell towards cricket a little bit which wasn't great but I went got through it so it was fine and now with Covid at the moment because we're not really seeing any patients or anything like that we're not doing any clinical work it's been it's probably worked in my favour a little bit because we have to do an extra year now. Um, so it's kind of like splitting the year. So I have more time to play cricket in these next two years, which is pretty good. So yeah, it has been hard, but um, working through it, hopefully, fingers crossed, it all goes well. And what university are you at? Uh, Glasgow University. So I'm in third year right now. Perfect. Because I was just thinking then, because I guess for like Catherine and Sarah, they moved down to Loughborough to like get that balance, perhaps a little nicer for them because obviously like with Loughborough they kind of put sport before your course so it's really interesting to hear how other unis do it because I know sport isn't everything for some universities yeah so what support have you been getting you mentioned it a little bit but I just want to know a little bit more at university or just in general at university not much <laughs> um I'm not gonna lie look you're right like Catherine said they're really lucky with Loughborough um they've they get to like split the year and stuff like that I don't really get that option um and they get to like change their exams to whenever it suits them that I mean I just feel like that's amazing that's like a dream come true that would be pretty ideal but with with Glasgow Uni it is a little bit more to do with academics rather than sport but with because I'm part of the Sports Scotland Institute, they've helped me quite a bit to kind of talk to the uni and figure out like a balance and stuff. So that's that's good. But other than that, it's nothing like Loughborough at all. Um, so it has been tough. But as I said, hopefully just another three years. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Just because I was just thinking when you were saying that, I was like, that must be so tough because I guess we forget it here because I'm like still at Loughborough now and it is so flexible I guess for athletes and stuff so like hearing I think I've just been a bit like perhaps narrow-minded like very kind of closed forgetting that it's just not the same everywhere else but you also mentioned about your 100 contract so what was it like receiving that news? It was pretty amazing um I was not expecting it at all Uh, it was actually I didn't like register for the 100 or anything like it wasn't even like on my mind like it was so far away from my mind and then it was Sarah actually who texted me and she was like oh have you registered for the 100 and I was like no I don't really think I'll get picked like there's no point and she was just like no I, I think I mean you've got nothing to lose you might as well and now looking back at that I know that she knew something which is why she told me to <laughs> register which is amazing I'm so glad she did that um, but yeah, once I got I got a wee text when I was in uni actually, um, and I read it. But I was like in a tutorial kind of thing, so I couldn't reply to the text straight away. I just re- I just read like Birmingham Phoenix, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So I'd like quickly took a screenshot and sent it to my dad and my whole family, and I was like, look what look what this text, but I can't reply to it right now. Um, so I had to wait a few hours, and then from there, like. Obviously, it was it was annoying the fact that I couldn't tell anyone for so long because I was meant to play last year and that didn't happen. And then I had to wait until I think it was January when they announced it. Um, but I, honestly, it was it was like a dream come true. I felt so happy and mainly shocked, to be honest, but really happy. And my family were really happy as well for me. And you just talk, briefly talked about how you found out that you got your contract with the hundred. What are your thoughts on the 100 competition in general and how do you think it's going to benefit the women's game? I think it's going to be pretty amazing, to be honest. Um, I think so many more people are going to tune in, especially with some of the games being shown in BBC or maybe all of them, I can't quite remember. But it's just the exposure is so important with women's cricket in general. So this is, I think, really amazing for us. And yeah, it's a wee bit of a different game and it's going to be different and there's going to be different tactics and we're going to have to figure that out um, at the time. 
but I feel like it's still just cricket. Um, at the end of the day, you still need to bat, you need to bowl, you need to field, you need to do the basic strikes. So I'm not going to think about it too much in terms of tactics and stuff. I'm just going to go out there and play my game and hopefully figure it out as it goes, because I think that's what we'll all be doing. And I just want to pick up because you said that you thought that you there was no point kind of putting your name in the hat. Why do you think that? Because obviously, you know, you've got seven years with Scotland and your figures are brilliant as well. So why didn't you have that confidence to be like, yeah, I'm going to go for it? I don't know. I just I just feel like it was like an England thing. Like, I didn't know that we would be picked as domestic players. Um, but I don't know. I guess the confidence just wasn't quite there. I just... I never thought like franchise cricket was the way that I wanted to ever go. Like it was always Scotland for me. Um, and it was just never, as I said, it, I, I never even thought about it. But um, yeah, I think it must have been like a confidence issue as well, to be honest, now that I think about it. But that's a good point. I feel like I should probably be a little bit more confident about myself. Um, and next time I definitely will. <laughs> but yeah, it was just never on my mind. I think that's that's the main thing that was, yeah, I just never thought about it. And you mentioned earlier that both your parents were from Pakistan. Was there ever a contention to play for Pakistan or was it always that you wanted to play for Scotland? My dad never once said you should play for Pakistan. Not once. Um, It was he I mean, he loves Scotland. He loves his country. And as soon as I started playing for Scotland, he was like, great, this is the long haul. This is what you need to do. And yeah, they've honestly just been so supportive about it. there was this one time when I had to play against Pakistan, uh, which uh, didn't really end very well for Scotland. But yeah, he was fully on my side. There was no contention there. So that's good. Um, but yeah, they've just always been supportive about it. No matter who I play for, they just want me to play my best cricket, really. I love that. And like parent support is so important. But I'm just thinking now, you mentioned obviously playing against Pakistan, but what matches have been kind of the highlight of your career so far? Um, so I think my favourite game has probably been uh, against the Netherlands uh, two years ago now, I think. It was in Spain and it was for the Euro T20 qualifier um, and it was my 50th cap. So that was it was already special um, and then turned out to be a super over and it was really dramatic and we won. Uh, it was I think it was either Bryce or Sarah who hit the winning runs I can't actually remember but uh, yeah it was just such an exciting obviously it was it was exciting for people watching but not quite when you're actually in the field um but yeah that that game that game I love so much and I always like remember it and just you know the fact there was my 50th cap as well it just made it even more special um so that's probably my favorite there was one time when we played against South Africa in Sri Lanka for the 50 over qualifiers um, and we gave them a pretty good game actually uh, and we kind of surprised ourselves a little bit as well but that's another thing like we should have just had confidence in ourselves from the beginning and that game always shows us like what we can actually do as a unit uh, so that's another really special one so those two are the ones that really stand out for me. And then also I guess because you are quite a young cohort of players coming through and existing players as well this year is obviously going to be a huge year for you all with the qualifiers for the next T20 World Cup and obviously the Commonwealths as well. So yeah. is it going to be a busy schedule this year ahead or do you know what that kind of looks like yet and what are the team's kind of thoughts going into it all? We don't really know 100% what's happening, but there's definitely the Euro uh, T20 qualifiers, which is really exciting. That's going to happen at the end of August, I think. Um, and then the Commonwealth that's going to be really exciting. There's only one spot up for grabs, so that's that's going to be tense and it's going to be a good good tournament. But I think the one that we're really thinking about at the moment is obviously the one that's closer, which is the Euro qualifiers, um, which might happen in Scotland. I'm not sure yet, but yeah, we don't really, we honestly don't know how it's going to go with COVID and stuff. But honestly, whatever international cricket we get, we'll take because we haven't played in over a year which has been really frustrating for everyone. I think I can speak on behalf of everyone when I say this has probably been the most frustrating year for every sports person. But uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we do get some cricket and some international cricket in. And hopefully it's a good year for us as well. I'm really, really hoping that it is. And you touched briefly on how COVID has impacted the game. How difficult have the challenges been for you and Cricket Scotland due to COVID? 
Really difficult. I mean, as I said, not played international cricket for over a year. And then also we did get to play a little bit um, in like August, September time. And then we had a wee bit of a break. And then we thought we were going to go to Spain in November, which we really trained so hard for. Like the enthusiasm was there and it was really present and everyone was really excited. And then obviously that got cancelled literally like three or four days before um, we were meant to go. So everyone was really frustrated about that. Um, And now I've literally just come back from a training session. It's the first training session I've had since November. So it's been really frustrating. We've really not had anything at all. Um, especially when you like I look back like two years ago or something and I used to you know train three times a week and then go to the gym all the time like it's not like that at all so it's genuinely really affected us um, in terms of cricket but also just like mental health in general I think it's quite tough for everyone not just sports people but we do really rely on exercise um, to be happy and to be healthy um, and we've got very little of that, especially the exercise that we actually want. Like we want to play cricket. Like a lot of us don't like to run, but we, we kind of have to because we love cricket. But because there's no cricket, we don't want to run. So it's quite difficult to kind of balance that and try and do that during lockdown. Um, so, it, I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak on behalf of everyone when I say it's been a tough year um, for Cricket Scotland, for like everyone who plays sport um but it seems like it's getting better and I am excited to see everything go back to normal hopefully June 21st fingers crossed but um yeah they just hopefully everything gets better soon yeah because I guess as well for associate nations um that gap between the former member nations perhaps is so unequal at the moment because for example like England are touring at the moment and they're training and they're playing so how do you kind of feel about that? Because as an associate member, you're not getting that same kind of support at the moment. Yeah, it's been like that for so long now that I'm just kind of used to it. But it is, it's unfair. It's completely unfair, the fact that the big three nations like Australia, England and India get a lot of the money and we're kind of left with very little of it. So it does impact how we train, how often we train, like what we can use to train. Um so that's always been a problem even before COVID and it's really shown during these COVID times that it's even worse than we thought it was. Just the fact that none of us have really played much international cricket, whereas obviously England get to play uh, India in crowds. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like massive crowds in India right now, which is insane. Um, but yeah, it is tough um, and we've always known that's a, that's a problem and we are trying to um, raise our voices and hopefully ICC notice it but I think it's it's a work in progress at the moment like it's going to take time um, but hopefully after uh, you know Covid is over and stuff they've realised that we do also need funding and we need support. Briefly moving away from cricket I read somewhere that when you were younger you you used to take part in taekwondo is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's right. And- and that you got your black belt at age 11. So did you ever consider going into taekwondo and becoming a professional or was it always more geared towards cricket? So yeah, I did used to play, no, I used to um, go to squad training, like Scotland squad training for taekwondo as well when I was, I think about 14 or 15, maybe 15. And then after like a year of that plus cricket, I just, I was just a wee bit fed up. I was like, no, this is a little bit too much. Um, I do need to, I do need to focus on one thing. And I did always like cricket more. I did really like taekwondo, and I've always loved the fact that I know how to defend myself. And taekwondo had taught me to do that, and I love it. Um, but I've always, I've always just loved cricket a little bit more. Like it's just the way it's always been. Um, so yeah, at that point, I just decided. I think I'm going to take a wee break from taekwondo and focus on cricket. And then thinking about cricket again, so obviously you're a leg spinner. So talk us through, obviously spin is such an important part of the women's game. So talk us through your kind of technique and any insight that you can tell us about your bowling approach. So I actually, when I first started, I was actually a seamer for like a year or something. And then 
I was like I think I was playing outside in the back garden with my dad and I was just bowling to him and my my wrist just naturally kind of went that way and my dad was just like you just become a leg spinner what are you doing like you can be a leg spinner so be a leg spinner so from then on I just never looked back and I love it like it's great it's tough and like people say that it's an art and it really is when if you get it right but it is quite difficult to do that um but yeah I've I've just loved leg spin since I started and I think it's it's been tough here in Scotland where we've never really had a specialist spin coach ever and um, we've I kind of have had like a few sessions here or there with a few different guest coaches but it's we've never like had a solid this is your spin coach um but I've had quite a lot of training with Steve Knox who used to um who was head coach of Scotland for like four or five years um and he's actually a batter but he's a really good spin bowling coach as well and he you know he's completely changed the way that I bowled um and I've genuinely gotten so much better under under his coaching so he was probably like the main influence when it came to spin coaching spin bowling for me um but other than that I've not really it's it's a shame but you know playing cricket for Scotland and you don't have your own spin coach but um hopefully that changes soon as well yeah that's like that's crazy I had no idea that you didn't have a spin coach and and it it made me think maybe do you think the hundred with the professional setup that it's going to be like do you think that might be an opportunity to mix with some different coaches and specialist coaches to perhaps work on things that you've been unable to do with Scotland yeah definitely that's what I'm most excited for just the just the idea that it's going to be like so a lot more professional with so many different people that I can talk to not just coaches but also players from all around the world uh, there's you know there's quite a few spin bowling options in my team and then there's also Kirsty Garden who used to play for Scotland um, who's also been another pretty important person when it came to spin bowling for me um, so it'll be good to catch up with her again so yeah I'm just really excited to talk to a whole bunch of people about things that maybe I've not really talked to people about in Scotland um but yeah that's that is something that I'm really excited about just seeing and playing with and against the best people and growing up was there anyone that you look to either male or female as a role model for spin bowling or anything for spin bowling it was probably it was probably like Shane Warne or Shahid Afridi, but the problem, the problem with Shahid Afridi now is that he has said some pretty controversial things about women playing cricket. So I tend not to say him, but I have like Shane Warne. I mean, he's an amazing leg spinner. I used to watch him bowling all the time. He has so many like YouTube videos and stuff um, about like little tutorials on how to bowl spin how to bowl like the flipper and googly and stuff like that and I've watched them all like a hundred times and so yeah he was probably the one that I kind of learned quite a lot from um when I was younger in terms I didn't really have I didn't really watch women's cricket when I was young mainly because you couldn't really watch it anywhere to be fair but but yeah in terms of male cricket yeah I definitely looked up to Shane Warren in terms of bowling yeah so I'm guessing when you play, I think, is he London Spirit coach? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So when you play them, I guess you'll be um, just having a quick word with him. I'd and... love to, yeah. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah, no, I love that. And just again about, obviously, role models. Do you see yourself as an important role model? I can, yeah, I like to think so. I think when I was younger, it was very rare. In fact, I did, I've never seen, like, a Muslim woman playing sport before when I was younger and even now really um I mean it's a lot better now definitely but um there's very few that you know wear the hijab and are very like openly Muslim um so yeah I think especially with the hundred if people can like watch me playing on television and see someone who looks like them and maybe wears a hijab and is playing at a high level um hopefully that does inspire people and that's that would honestly be amazing even if I can inspire like two or three people to get up and play some cricket and aspire to to play in the hundred one day like that would be amazing and I guess with that comes obviously responsibility and perhaps pressure so how do you deal with that kind of pressure to be a role model honestly I just 
don't really think about it and just play cricket I mean loads of people have said to me like oh you're a role model for Muslim girls and stuff like that but at the end of the day I am just playing cricket like I'm just doing what I love and if people if if I can do that at a high level and do that on like TV and and people loads of people are watching then that's quite that's enough you know to be honest so there's not really much to think about except from the fact that just go out there play your game and hopefully it touches people and it inspires people yeah no honestly I love that message massively and everything and I guess linking back to that idea of choosing to challenge with International Women's Day so as a hijab wearing athlete perhaps that is challenging the status quo as it is at the moment and hopefully we will see more Muslim girls being comfortable and confident to play sport regardless because I guess it's only more recently where you have been able to get sport hijabs and stuff and recently I saw this week like a police uniform with a hijab which is easy kind of correctors to barriers that don't need to exist I guess so what do you think would make it easier for Muslim girls to pick up a bat and a ball and get involved with cricket? I think I mean there's so many reasons why a lot of Muslim girls tend not to play sport um but I think one of the reasons or what one of their influences are like parents like they're really important in their lives and I don't think from my experience I haven't really seen parents like overtly discourage people from playing sport it's more that they don't really see the importance in it as much um and like our like South Asian community um and it's definitely it's not like a religious thing or anything it's just completely cultural and you know they kind of see because because sport is so male dominated they kind of assume that their sons will like sport, like they might like football or cricket or whatever, and they'll let them kind of play in a club or play in their school or whatever. But they don't really expect that from their daughters. They don't really expect them to like it um, just because they don't really, I don't know, I don't think they see it on TV and stuff like that. So they don't really expect them to like it. So they never really end up encouraging them enough. Whereas my dad was really different in the sense that he he's always thought that sport is super important and he used to set my brothers and me down and tell us equally like sport is so important for your physical and mental health like like all three of you need to play it it's nothing nothing to do with gender or anything like you just need to so that was like always like drilled in my head like sport is super important sport is super important to the extent where I was just like I should probably play some sport then um, and it helped the fact that I did genuinely find it interesting and I did like sports like I used to I played cricket obviously taekwondo and I used to play like badminton and netball and stuff like that so that did help but it also really genuinely helped the fact that my dad thought it was so important that we play I think that's like the main thing is parents need to kind of encourage their daughters a little bit more rather than just not seeing anything really. So would you say having that good family support is a vital component to succeed in cricket regardless of the level? Yeah 100% it is for me for my experience anyway where my dad and my mom have both been super supportive of the whole thing and especially my dad like he's always taking me to cricket sessions and training and matches and stuff uh, whenever I couldn't drive and it's it's just it's it is really it's really nice to know that he was always there and you know he came to Thailand that one time that we went and he kind of surprised me there which was really nice Um, and he came to Sri Lanka to watch me play so he's always been there he's always supported me and that's always encouraged me to be the best I can be in cricket. Honestly like I love that but I'm just thinking as well about the players that you've played with. So who's been your kind of greatest inspiration whilst playing? And who do you kind of miss from the game as well? Currently, it's probably the Braces, to be honest. They're both, I mean, amazing people as well as cricketers. And like, I'm just so glad that I've been able to kind of see them progress into being these amazing cricketers where they're so widely respected in the cricket community and yeah just the way that they kind of train with such purpose and stuff that's always inspired me and yeah so they're probably people who I genuinely am inspired by at the moment who I miss from like the Scotland team so Kirsty obviously she was great um not just like as a cricketer but she was just a fun girl to be around also Lee Kasprick who's now playing for New Zealand 
she was like my first ever like assistant coach when we played against Ireland under 17s and that was like the only time that I actually had with her before she went away but it was so obvious to me how knowledgeable she was and how important she could be and like if she continued to coach me um so that would have been that would have been amazing if she stayed on and I had her wisdom throughout the years but yeah so I would say Kirsty and Lee are definitely two people that we definitely 100% miss in this Scotland team and then off the back of that I guess as well is who do you think the rising players are there's honestly so many like the talent is amazing in Scotland um so we've got Oh, I think she's 15, I might be wrong, but um, Catherine Fraser, who is a right arm offie, um, she honestly is amazing, like her control is so good and I'm so sure she's going to be an amazing cricketer in the future. Ailsa, who's a really good wicketkeeper batter, she's also, I think she's, I think she's 15 as well. So these are like two really young girls who are genuinely really good cricketers and with some really good coaching, which we we do have, especially with Mark Coles now uh, coaching us. I think they can genuinely be amazing cricketers and hopefully won't leave Scotland. But if they go off to do amazing things like Kirsty and Lee and the Bryces, then honestly, that would be amazing. Especially, I guess you just like mentioned the point of leaving. So does it give you like frustrations when players do leave to go and play for England or go and play for New Zealand? Because it's one of those things where I'm always very conscious of when people bring up the Bryce sisters and they're like, do you think they're going to play for England? And I'm like, is playing for Scotland not good enough? Like yeah. amazing things already. Like we shouldn't assume that the next goal for them is England. The next yeah. goal for them should be getting a World Cup, qualifying for the World Cup with Scotland. Completely agree with that. I yeah, there's a wee bit of frustrations, but honestly, I am so proud of all these girls who've gone away and done their thing. Like they've genuinely deserved it and they've gone and done amazing things and I'm just super happy for them. And if the Bryce sisters decide to do that as well, one hundred percent I will be I will support them. Honestly, they're doing amazing things and if they want to continue and do that in England that's fine by me honestly and it's fine by everyone because we don't want to hold anyone back or anything um but they've done amazing things for Scotland and if they want to do amazing things for England I'll 100% support them and back them to do that so I spoke to Sarah before the call and she would ask me to ask you who your favorite roommate is on tours well it's only her like it's gonna have to be her we've been roommates since forever really it's it's been since the beginning and yeah every time like maybe Cricket Scotland mess up and don't put us together we throw a hissy fit we really do yes it has to be her she's just quite a chill roommate to have and she doesn't ever rush me in the morning or anything like it's all very chill we're all we're just on the same wavelength and I don't think I can have that sort of connection with anyone else in the team so it has to be her and also you can ask her about my bedtime stories to her as well which she absolutely loves so yeah my favorite roommate is definitely Sarah and hers better be me (laughs) you've got me intrigued about these bedtime stories now so you're gonna have to explain that yeah well she once asked uh, for a bedtime story and I was just like I don't have any like what do you want me to say like the lights were off and so she was like I just want to get to sleep and I want like a nice soothing voice in a bedtime story and I was like okay I'll like think of something so I just kind of made one up like I like movies and stuff I watch so many so I just kind of like brought different movie ideas in and made this big story and I was just talking for like 20-25 minutes and then I kind of noticed that she was probably asleep and I was like Sarah are you asleep and she there was no answer so I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning I was like so what part did you fall asleep at and she was like oh when the guy like goes into the cave and I was like Sarah that was like the first bit so I had been talking for like 20 minutes (laughs) to myself but yeah we still need to finish that story which is which is annoying because every time we go on tour now because of Covid we'll probably have to sleep in separate rooms so I don't know when we're going to finish the story but hopefully soon. (laughs) You're um, evidently a very good storyteller if she can fall asleep within the first sentence. Exactly within like the first five minutes she was asleep and then I was just talking for like 20 minutes. Just finally from me, what are your goals for 2021 and the cricketing season? Well, hopefully get some cricket in. Uh, That would be helpful. 
definitely want to qualify for the global qualifiers. Would love to qualify for the Commonwealth. In terms of the 100, honestly, I just want to soak it in, to be honest. This is a completely new thing. I just want to like soak in the experience and talk to as many people as I can and get as much words of wisdom from as many coaches and players. Uh, I just think it's going to be an amazing experience. So that's kind of all I want from the 100. Anything more than that is a massive bonus. And I think that's all that's really planned for 2021 at the moment. So at the moment, that those are my goals, but hopefully we'll get some more cricket in as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's it. And then I've got two last questions. So with 100 as well, what international players are you looking forward to playing with? Uh, so we've got Sophie Devine in my team, which is amazing. New Zealand captain, like she's an absolute gun. Um, so that will be really exciting. Uh, bowling tour in the nets might be scary, but it'll be good. I'm really excited to do that. Also, Ash Gardner, that's really interesting. I'm really excited to learn more from her as well. Um, and then there's just so many international players to play against as well, which is amazing. Like Alyssa Healy, like bowling against her will be really exciting. Honestly, everyone, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be so cool. I'm really excited. So I just said one more question after this, but you just given me another question to quickly ask. So then we'll go on to some fun questions after this. So who do you, who like what wicket do you like whose wicket do you want to take the most like you just mentioned there about Alyssa Healy yeah. like is that the one that you want to get that one would be pretty cool um that's like the first one that springs to mind I think that that genuinely would be amazing because she's just such an amazing player so that would yeah probably her probably Alyssa Healy and then as you mentioned about Sarah it just made me want to know a bit more about any cool tour stories that you might have I'm trying to think there's a lot of really funny ones that you just kind of have to be there kind of moments so that's quite annoying but um there's this hmm, let me think there's this one game that we play like as a team it's called Cluedo like live Cluedo not just the board game it's basically when like you draw a name out of the hat and then uh, you draw like a murder weapon kind of thing and so for example if I get Sarah with like a water bottle or something um, I have to like throughout the tour I have to find a way to hand her a water bottle and if she accepts it then she's dead so we do that which is really fun because then if I kill her then she gets to be in my team and then we can kill her person together and then there's like there's a lot of like trust issues in the team after that game but we absolutely love it we play every single tour and that's probably actually the one thing that I really really miss about cricket is not being able to play Cluedo. Yeah no I love that and honestly thank you so much for sparing some time. I think what we'll do is just a quick 60 seconds uh, fun questions it's literally just first thing that comes to your head kind of stuff so right. Alex is yeah. absolute pro at these so Alex do you want to kick them off favorite genre of music R&B favorite musician The Weeknd last book you read oh The Thursday Murder Club last film you watched The Kid Detective really good I do recommend it last TV show you binge watched so I binge watched Behind Her Eyes on Netflix, which was okay, but I have been watching WandaVision every Friday uh, and it's amazing. Please, everyone watch it. Favourite place you visited on tour? Thailand. Hannah, have you got any questions? <laughs> Favourite stadium that you've played at? The one in Dubai, I can't, what is it, Sheikh Zayed Stadium, I think. Favourite player to play with? Sarah Brace. Favourite sledging term? Are you a sledger? Oh man, why can't I think of any? I'm not really a sledger to be fair, so I don't really have any. I love big swing noding. Yeah, I do see that a couple of times, yeah. Who's got the worst fashion sense in the dressing room? No, I can't. I can't answer that. That's a shame. No, no, no. Everyone's got amazing fashion sense. I do like um, Prina's Chatterjee's like yellow, like she wears sweaters quite a lot and like this yellow, like bright yellow jacket. It's not bad but it is out there. I'll see her. i say, who's got the worst banter in the team? I'm going to say Ikra Farouk. Who's got the worst music taste in the dressing room? Priyanaz Chatterjee, 100%. She listens to music with no words, like, just for fun. Like, on in the changing room, like, she would she would put on, like in, like, car journeys and stuff, she'll just put on music with no words. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. You're not in charge of the ox anymore. <laughs> I guess on that note as well, um, what's your kind of walkout song? Oh, um, oh, I don't know. 
I, I guess you, you'll need to know for the hundred, I guess, because I'm yeah, sure I'll have like the walkout songs. So now's yeah. a good time to start thinking about it. What I'm going to think about that and then request it in the hundred. <laughs> and what's your style of send off? I don't really. I just kind of like fist bump, like yes kind of thing and then I like run toward it's just like you'll see loads of pictures of me running towards Sarah and just like high-fiving like that because obviously we're like in the same like we're running to towards each other like she's the first person I go to because she's the keeper and then your favorite wicket you've taken um I haven't really taken any massive wickets um I don't know I've not really I don't really have a quick answer for that one I'm sorry that's quite boring I think that's all from me. Is that all from you, Alec? Yeah, just quickly, Abta Heart, where can our listeners find you on social media and follow your journey with your dentistry degree and with Cricket Scotland? Yeah, so I've got Instagram and Twitter and my handle is at Abtaha underscore M. And I think those are the, and yeah, those are the only two that I really use. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sparing time this afternoon to chat to us. and best of luck with honestly the season ahead fingers crossed it all goes to plan and I can't wait to see you in the hundred thank you so much for having me this was really fun um and good luck with all your stuff as well perfect thank you isn't it amazing to see how much Abdaha has achieved over the past seven years despite only making her senior debut at 14 we also want to wish her massive luck for the Birmingham Phoenix in the 100 competition this summer. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then have no fear. For our fourth day of International Women's Week, we've got the lovely Jane Powell. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat and on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. And if you wanted to give our personal Twitters a follow, Hannah is at Hannity1194 and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.